Hello, you're listening to Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGT, Philadelphia, and all around the world at gtownradio.com. I am Lois Volta, and with me is the lovely Stephanie Heck. Hi, Stephanie. Hello, Lois. We are the Everyday Feminist. Hi. So today is February 12th, which means that in two days, it will be February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. so lois and i thought that we could do a show on valentine's day because there i was looking it up and there are so many different thoughts and feelings about valentine's day by women men and the like yes yes honestly valentine's day is like a kid holiday it's cute you bring valentine's to school you get candy Mm -hmm. it's like fun having little kids as a parent So I have to say, and I'm probably somewhat hypocritical here, I never really understood the adult romance version of Valentine's Day because it just always seemed so cheesy. It's so cheesy. If you go out to dinner on Valentine's Day, you're sitting next to a hundred couples jammed into a space who are all also going out to dinner on Valentine's Day. So it's like all of these couples having this so-called romantic moment when they're sandwiched in with other romantic moment couples and everybody's got a rose and it just looks like you're one in a million. (laughs) Anything special seems to just disappear. I, I like... Back back when I've gone to restaurants on Valentine's Day, which is going back a ways, it just felt almost embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember telling my, well, now my ex-husband, but telling my, my boyfriend way back when, before we got engaged, like, do not dare propose to me on Valentine's Day. Like, Don't do it. Yeah. He did it a week later. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Because <laughs> to me, it just would have been too trite. So yeah. predictable. Just, yeah. I never really liked it, at least as an adult. When I was a kid, there was, a, well, there is a Volta family tradition, a Valentine Volta, Volta tradition. Well, I guess it came from my mom's side of the family. My grandfather, my pop-op, did this thing with my mom when she was a girl where the Valentine man would come and leave presents on the door and knock And by the time she would get to the door, the Valentine man would have run off. And you, where did he go? Like the Santa of Valentine's Day. Yeah, and it's like, oh, and the Valentine man would come a few times and leave little candies and toys and things like that. So when I was a kid, there was a Valentine man. And it was my mom would get his presents and leave them in a bag and like, you know, like knock on the window. And we'd be like, oh. Until we like found, you know, we figured it out. It was mom. And she, you know, she did it. Yeah. Even, even a- when we, she, we knew. And then I did it with my kids. And actually my youngest is very excited. She's been dropping hints of <laughs> what she wants in the bag. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope you tell the Valentine man that he needs to come before school starts because <laughs> we'll be at dad's house. <laughs> I'm like, why does it have to be a man? That's very funny. On the like, this has nothing to do with Valentine's Day, but my dad used to do this thing called the Easter Bag Man. Uh-huh. So there was no Easter Bunny. In other words, you know, he was a single dad, and uh, he 
probably would forget it was Easter. <laughs> and like in the middle of the night, probably be like, oh, crap. And go out uh-huh. buy a bunch of candy and throw it in a bag and be like, mm-hmm. look, the Easter bag man came. Yeah. But it was very different from this because what you're describing sounds well planned. And <laughs> it was cute. Yeah, it's cute. But it gets back to what I think you were starting to say is that Valentine's Day feels like a, a holiday for kids. Yeah. Like, I don't relate to the whole, buy her diamonds, it's Valentine's Day. It's just consumeristic and just ridiculous. I was reading an article before we jumped online that $18 billion is spent in the U.S. each year. On Valentine's Day. (laughs) It's so dumb. I mean, I guess if you own a flower shop, you're happy about that. But even then, the rush... I mean, I used to say, again, you know, when I was married, do not buy me flowers on Valentine's Day. Like, first of all, why should you wait in line for four hours? And second of all, don't spend $400 on something that yesterday cost 12 and tomorrow will cost 15. You know, like it Mm -hmm. doesn't, it just seemed like such a waste of money for something that wasn't going to last. And again, it's like, it's sort of cheesy. And I'm like, love me all the time. Bring me, if you're going to bring me flowers, don't do it on the cheese day. Do it. Yeah. Now I can see if there was a woman, or I feel like I've had friends who have expressed to me that their partners just aren't romantic. They just wanted the push for that. So any guy who's listening to this, Who's like, yeah, no, I'm just not romantic. Like, come on. Like, like what is, what is wrong with these? Like, like in a, in any kind of a romantic relationship, like be romantic, like Mm -hmm. date your wife, take her out, make her feel good. And that should go both ways. That's not even necessarily like a one way street. I feel like, you know, in a partnership, there should be romance still between two people so if one person wants it and the other person doesn't the one who wants it should get a little because it's not fair no stephanie and i usually before these shows read a bunch of articles and we were reading articles just in the sexist nature of valentine's day and how it's this there's so much pressure put on men to be a certain way particularly on that day yeah that's how I started to think about the idea for this show was that someone said to me like he was reflecting back on Valentine's Day and remembering all of the commercials from you know the diamond stores and the jewelry stores about telling guys to make her feel special on Valentine's Day and you had to get her this jewelry and you had to do all of this and I had never really thought of Valentine's Day from the perspective of the man being pressured to sort of step it up or perform. Because at first when he was saying that, he's like, well, what about us? Do women get things for men on Valentine's Day? And I'm thinking, of course they do. But I guess in his experience and maybe in the experience of a lot of men, it doesn't go that way. So my first reaction was, of course you're going to get her things. And I'm sure she does a million things for you every day that she doesn't like doing. And so sure, have a day where you show her some love and appreciation. Like that was my Mm -hmm. first line of thought. But then I'm thinking that should be all the time. Like it doesn't need to be concentrated on one day where you feel you only do it because it's demanded of you. And I do also think of Valentine's Day as being sort of more a holiday that's just about love. You know, it's just a sweet holiday where you can show people that you love that you love them. And Mm -hmm. That seems easy enough. Well, it also, even hearing you talk about it like that and hearing you say 
even so how it feels so like male woman centric. Yeah. That's how it's marketed too. It's marketed to be very, very oh, gendered. It's so heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, heteronormative. Like, and it's just kind of, ugh, it, I don't know, even that just makes it all the more reason to be skeptical of it. Right. It's almost like the day would be so much better if we could, well, maybe everything would be better if we could take the capitalism out of it. Right. It's yeah. sort of like the way that it's marketed means that there's a committee of people trying to make money sitting around a table deciding like who are the main consumers. And so if the main consumers of Valentine's Day products are heteronormative couples, then it's going to get marketed to them. Right. But then it becomes, then it just sort of feeds itself and it becomes more and more like that. Right. Right. And then even the pressures of that are particularly put on women. Yeah. So maybe men feel pressured to perform or to get the flowers or else whatever. Yeah. That feeling. But then just it also it's like, all right, well, what dress are you going to wear? Well, are you going to go casual? Are you going to go formal? Are you going to get your nails? Are you going to get hair? Like all of it just grosses me out like a lot. It all (laughs) grosses me out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your question where you were starting, like when we first opened the show, you were saying, let's go back. Like, what is the history of Valentine's Days, right, in your life, like your personal history? And I guess you were remembering the Valentine's Day man. Yeah, the Valentine man. The Valentine man. I had a vision of what the Valentine man looked like. And it was very Christmas elf looking, like Uh red and white striped stockings. Like, it was all in my brain, you know, like, oh, I think I saw him. (laughs) (laughs) He's got hearts on his tights. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, when I think about my history of Valentine's Day, fully, no one feels offended here, but I don't, not one memorable one ever. No memorable Valentine's Days? No, I mean, I have like the nice childhood memory of that. Uh, I I have nice memories. I used to make Valentine's for my kids and we would do the, it was really fun actually, like we'd take a picture of them with their arms stretched out like they were holding something and then I would print it out and it would say like happy valentine's day from like Madeline or Jane or Penny or whatever and then what we would do is we'd take a dum-dum and put it through where the hand is so it looks like they're holding a giant <laughs> lollipop hilarious. and we did it every year and it was really cute like I have memories like that which are nice, but as far as like personally, I don't I don't remember any of them. Yeah. May, maybe my brain is a little fried, yeah. but I don't, I just don't care. I know <laughs> I don't care. Or it was just it felt like the same as Mother's Day, where it's like, oh, there's one day to celebrate this. This is so like what a disappointment. What a disappointment. My memories from Valentine's Day are really mainly from childhood, like what you were saying. And, you know, I went to like a gazillion different schools. I was just adding it up this week, in fact, and I went to five different schools by the time I was in fifth grade. Oh, my goodness. We moved all, we wow. moved every year. Yeah. Five schools by fifth grade. Yeah. I think I went total, a total of about maybe 10 schools. Wow. Yeah. Stephanie, that's a, that's a lot of we, moving around. Yeah, we moved. We were like relocated all the time. Mm-hmm. And so... um I always loved Valentine's Day, no matter which school I was in, especially in elementary school, because if you brought in a shoebox, 
you could turn it into a mailbox or maybe you had a bag, but there was something to me about the idea of having a mailbox that like little like notes would get put in mm-hmm. and then you got to open them all. Oh, and yeah. I loved it. Like yeah. I didn't care. I didn't care about the candy. Like I was not, I was never a candy kid. Even like Halloween, I would find bags of Halloween candy like yeah. a year later under my bed. Yeah. I didn't care. But I loved getting the cards and opening yeah. the mail. It just felt so like exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I really liked getting Valentine's Day cards and stuff for my kids to give out. Yeah. I still, I think like a parent to child thing feels more, I mean, I know not everybody is a parent and lots of people I'm sure don't want to be parents, but at least for me as a parent, I liked giving my kids a Valentine gift, like yeah. a little stuffed animal yeah. or like cards. Or even this year like, I sent my son, can I sent him chocolate in college because it's just like, it's more just like, Hey, I love you. Kind of marks it. It's also like kind of like people who are into holidays or marking the calendar it's like the the next thing that marks the calendar you put the little red hearts on your window or yeah. whatever yeah actually i am remembering i do have a a valentine's day that i'm remembering when i was in 4th grade and actually i still have it in my little memento childhood box in the basement there were these two boys leonard and brian they were best friends And they loved me very, very much. And one day they, or on Valentine's Day in fourth grade, they bought a box of chocolates together so they could (laughs) get me the bigger box of chocolates. That's so funny because they weren't even competing with each other. (laughs) They're like, we just want you to have the best box. Exactly. It's very cute. Oh my God. So in the back of the box, it says two Lois from Lois, from Brian and Leonard. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's like, I mean, I do remember Valentine's days in like middle school, like when you first start having crushes. Yeah, it's a nice way to like try it on and yeah. pretend, but like, oh, oh gosh, no. I remember, I remember a boy got me some kind of like a little like heart necklace or something. And it really felt, oh, that's right. Now I'm remembering. It was like, a, it was a teddy bear wearing this necklace. And I'm sure the whole thing, you know, was from like drugstore for uh-huh. like $3. Yeah. But because it had this like gold colored uh-huh. necklace on it, it was like a marriage proposal. Uh-huh. It was like <laughs> such a big deal, you know, in middle school. It really felt like, oh my gosh, he really likes me. Oh, he really likes me. Yeah. This is so great. And in that way, it's kind of cute. It's cute, but yeah, I just think it's more of like a, it's like more a kid, a kid thing to me. Yeah. And I also, I feel like it's more of a kid thing. And also though, this is where I'm saying I might be a little bit of a hypocrite. I do like the idea of like a little bit, some kind of a love acknowledgement on Valentine's day. Like if, like I would like my kids to acknowledge it. Anybody, like if you're in the dating world, somebody you're dating, you'd want to, I just feel like it's nice unless everybody has agreed, like we're not going to acknowledge it. It's there's something that can be kind of sweet about someone giving you a little gift or a card or a flower or some kind of acknowledgement, even if it's not public and it doesn't even have to be bought. Yeah. I'm like hiding under a rock and under the blanket and like, like, don't even, don't even leave me alone. (laughs) Don't even want to. I don't care how many of you want to go in to buy me (laughs) things. Just don't. Fan leave, club. It, leave it on the door Fan and club. run away. We really, we like the Valentine man model. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to come face to face with you. It's Valentine Day. You're supposed to be secret. Yeah. 
<laughs> you just want the just little run elf. away, leave it, run away. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's so funny. I guess I'm just feeling like, you know, on the one hand, it's sort of a silly, cheesy holiday. On the other hand, probably my feelings would be a little hurt if it wasn't acknowledged. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's the hypocrisy of it, or that's where I too have kind of bought into the capitalist model. Like they've successfully marketed something to mm-hmm. me. Or I wouldn't feel this way. So what know. are you going to do? Oh, so I'm just going to, you know, have dinner. Like I said, I bought some chocolates. I sent them to my son in college. I'll probably get something for my other son. Just as like, just because I think it's kind of cute. There's mm-hmm. something in the like love trade. And I'm, they're not going to give me anything because, you know, they just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just wouldn't. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> no, but I feel like it is a fun thing to, to make someone else feel special. Yeah, you know? I can see, actually, I, when I the, like that. I can see that. The expectation stuff, that like, it really bums me out. Like the expectations, even just that adults have for each other to, I don't know, deliver. Just feels, just feels one, unfair. It also feels, I don't know, it's just, I mean, I could, I could see if you're so deprived of romance or you really just want to feel so special that you just really need to feel special that one day I mean I I guess I get that part of it but it feel that's it just feels a little sad mm-hmm. yeah and it's it, it feel like it honestly makes my tummy feel icky yeah I guess it depends on what what you mean by expectations because to me there are some expectations that sort of are gross and shouldn't be and you know like let people be or especially if it's a commercial commercial driven expectation that you have to do for me what I just saw done on some cheesy commercial on Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. versus the kind of expectations of like I won't be in a relationship where I'm not treated well like I do have some it's like in the realm of standards or something yeah that like I do expect certain things you know, like acknowledge my birthday or greet me in the street, you know, whatever it would be. I want to hug when I see you. Although those, all of those things can be talked about and sort of taught. I think on that level, expectations sort of are useful, like in the realm where it feels kind of like a standard, which is different from an exchange or something. Yeah, all all of that type of like... A commercial exchange. Yeah. Not not even commercial. What's the word that I want to use? Feeling like I'm I'm putting this in and hopefully I'll get something back. Oh yeah. As if it's an investment or there's a return. Conditional. Conditional. Like a conditional giving, conditional loving, things like that. I've, right. I've loved you all year and been romantic with you all year and you can't be romantic with me for one day out of the year when everything is like so spelled out for you and you can't even get it right. Like, I don't know, it's just so... I I was reading another thing today about how there's like an uptick in breakups right after Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. All the people who didn't get it right. Watch out. Bye-bye. If you don't get it right, you might be on yeah. your butt. No pressure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I never heard that before. But I don't know, and then just... That just seems so silly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, now that now that my kids are a, a little bit older, 
maybe maybe I'm just being a curmudgeon. Like even when it comes to a lot of holidays, like Easter, like Halloween, like I just don't I don't care. I just don't care. No, I like Christmas. Christmas is fun because Christmas has all these like traditions and things for me that I enjoy. I don't. And Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving. But like other than that, I don't like, I don't care. I don't care. And I can see like, oh, oh, look at, they're trying to sell me this now. They're trying to sell me this. And it's just like, I just have a hard time seeing past it to have fun. Yeah, I can find holidays. And again, this sounds curmudgeoning or something, but I can find them annoying. Like certain holidays. Okay, so this is going to sound terrible. But the way like there have been times on like Easter Sunday when I needed to go get something and then all the stores were closed and I would be so annoyed. (laughs) Like why why? Jesus have to rise from the dead this morning? (laughs) Like, y'all, that didn't actually happen today. You can open the store and let me go get what I need. (laughs) Right? So I have found, like, I sometimes will find them annoying across the board. Mm -hmm. I don't feel annoyed by Valentine's Day, though, in the same way. Just maybe because it does feel so cutesy. And also, maybe I never had a Valentine's trauma. Like, I, you know, I can do without Christmas. Because to me, that's like trauma, trauma day. Like Valentine's Day, nothing ever, you know, it was just like yeah. me and all my little friends or. Well, tell, tell me, tell me if you think this is trauma. <laughs> we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. So like with the girl's dad, that was like we celebrated, like we had our date anniversary a few days before or after Valentine's Day. I actually forget if it was before or after, but like we'd always go out for our date anniversary and it was really sweet. And it was like we had our wedding anniversary and our date anniversary, And it was like we could just leave Valentine's Day out of it. Yeah. And it was, I liked it. It was nice. And we had our own little thing that we would do. But I, to me, it's almost like that's sort of the same thing, right? It's like, and, you know, within the couple, you've agreed that this is like what you're going to do instead. So you still end up with days that feel special yeah. to the two of you. And yeah. I, like, that sounds great. But in another long-term relationship that I had... He was very Valentine's Day's capitalist holiday, blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah, I'm never celebrated it really. Yep, I agree with you. But it was almost like, I mean, he was not a very nice person, but it was, it was like, it was almost a day that he would be more blatantly unromantic. He's like rebelling against yeah. the Valentine's romance. Yeah, and actually it was kind of like a little like low key mean. I'll show that Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, low key mean. <laughs> you can't get any love out of me today. I know. And I was like, all right, geez. <laughs> like, okay. He's like counter identified with Valentine's Day. It's like, but even that is like, even that to me is so cliche. It's just, it just, even that to me is like, oh, I'm so anti-consumerist that I'm going to be so anti-love. I'm like, okay. Right. I mean, whatever. But all of these holidays are consumeristic and all of these holidays are there for profit. So it's, it's like you could try to find a place that doesn't have them. But I think that there is some kind of tradition everywhere. Not necessarily this one at this time, but any country you go to is going to have them. Yeah. So since it's here, you could just be like. Let me give you a kiss. And then that's the end. You know, it doesn't have to be a big, huge deal where I'm going to get like extra grumpy. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go. Another mood. (laughs) Another mood. It's Valentine's Day. So watch out. Yeah. Buckle up. 
Well, I think it was interesting what you were saying about sort of it being an exchange or we were talking about that oh, just a minute yeah. ago, mm-hmm. that, that there's an idea that expectations can be, can kind of like ruin things or be kind of gross, mm-hmm. you know? And I was saying, I guess it depends on the type of expectation, but you're making me think of that Instagram post that you sent me. Oh, that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it oh up Oh my here. gosh. So this Instagram post, Lois sent me on Instagram. It was like completely hilarious. This, um comedian what is it his ronnie name chang? is ronnie chang okay here we go Men don't owe you anything yeah yeah so guys get hung up yeah some guys get hung up and they're like yeah but i bought her flowers why didn't she want to me because they don't owe you anything yeah but i spent the weekend fixing her computer why didn't she want to my because they don't owe you anything get it in your head women don't owe you anything it doesn't matter what you do that's on you. Whatever you do, that's on you. Don't, don't put that on them. That's your shit. All right? Women aren't just vending machines you put kindness into until sex falls out. <laughs> okay? They don't owe you anything. Women aren't just like coffee cards where you get 10 stamps and then you fuck. Right? <laughs> they don't owe you anything. Get in your head. They don't owe you anything. Women don't Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of exchanges and buying flowers, right? It seems like you can imagine maybe that's part of the breakups on the day after Valentine Day. It's wait a second. I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get what I wanted in the realm of like I bought you flowers, so Yeah, well I, I think that, that that way that men treat women, I mean the comments oh my goodness, the comments on that video were so outrageous. So outrageous. Like what? Like, it seemed like a lot of, there was like a lot of men that were angry being like, well, I, I buy drinks all the time and, you know, they just run up my tab and you, blah, 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 blah. Or or just, so I can buy her all the drinks and all the drinks and all the drinks and and she can just do that and I get nothing. Right. Well, so don't buy all the drinks. Yeah. Like what's, don't do that then. Yeah. Nobody's making you. No. I mean, yeah. if you're going around offering, can I buy you a drink? Would you like another one? Then that's, that's on you. Yeah. I think about this. I, f- I feel like I've said this on the show, like so many times, if you're going to be a loving person, a respectful person, a kind person, listen, you're being that way because you are that way. Some people walk around this world thinking, oh, the amount of love I put in this world is the love I'll get back. Like it's some type of karmic exchange. And I just actually disagree with that. I'm just going to be a loving person and that's good enough for me. I have love to give and that's good enough for me. Coincidentally, I also choose to surround myself with loving people. So I get to experience love, but it's not because I'm throwing something into the universe and it's coming back. I'm not a loving person or a quote unquote good person to get something in return that that to me is not actually love that feels like a an exchange a commercial exchange like i have love to give do you have some love to give let's give it to each other until what and and to to what end because it really can even make it feel more i don't know it's like it be, the love then becomes selfish it's like you're only giving it to get it and i just don't think that love actually works like that yeah. Although back to that, the part of me that is like, it's okay to have expectations. 
I also feel like you wouldn't want to be with someone who wasn't meeting love with love. Like if you're pouring it in and pouring it in and it's just a one way street all the time. Yeah. That's when you, yeah, there's no reciprocity. So in some ways there is the giving of love with the expectation of getting it back. Even if that's not the reason you're doing it, if you didn't get something in return, you know, that's when I would come down to choices though. That's like how you choose who you choose to share your life with, which ultimate come ultimately comes down to the choices that you make. Right, right. I mean, I like giving people gifts when, like, I like to see somebody enjoy a gift I gave them. And so you could say that that's selfish because that's a thing I want in exchange for the gift. And guilty, because, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean that if someone doesn't give it to me or if I gave somebody a gift and they didn't really like it, or it doesn't mean that I can't handle it or that it would sure. make me mad or change it, you know? I wouldn't be upset to not get that, but it really feels good when you do, you know, and it is sort of a reinforcer. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a byproduct, but not the reason behind Mm -hmm. that. Like, and that's what I mean, like the expectation, like if I want to be loving towards somebody, I just want it to be a reflection of what's on, on the inside. Yeah. And I sort of feel like that's, you know, it's like hashtag goals. Like it might be a thing to strive for, but it may not be a thing that everybody can relate to. You know, like I really do. I feel like I have, I have certain expectations in that regard. Like I do not want to be a one way street of giving. And that might be like who I decide then to give to. I might be able to select who I give to, but then that would mean that I'm doing something where I expect I'm like, I'm choosing other giving people to be in relation to. Because then I know that it won't be a one-way street. I don't want to be a give, 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 never, like, and not understand that there is a balance. Right. There's a balance. Exactly. Like, I understand that. And when, when you say that, it makes sense. I think I can curb my disappointment and I can see people for who they are by how they receive and respond. And then I can choose how close I let somebody in mm-hmm. or how much time I want to spend or so, where they are, where they fall in the inner circle. And then the safer I feel and the more balanced it feels, the closer and closer my inner circle becomes. Right. So <laughs> I just, I was just thinking, I was like, so you use love as an evaluation tool. <laughs> I'll give you love and see what you do with it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like terrified. Ah! <laughs> Run away. Ah! Run away. Just make cookies. Ah! <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, and I do think that that's sort of like an ideal, like maybe that's an ideal scenario, you know, but I also think, I think that it is okay to be selfish. I just do. Like I, like I actually would add selfishness to a list of virtues. Which is, which probably would, might require some explaining, but I sort of feel like often, like what's good for you will be good for others. Like when you're living a life that feels good to you, that includes things that you like and you enjoy, right? That that brings good vibes into the world. And there's something in that authenticity that is really, I think, helpful to everyone, right? Versus like, I just, I am so selfless that I don't even have a want or a need or an expression of myself that sort of feels like a little bit empty. 
I can see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not like selfishness, like, what am I going to get out of you? Like, I'm like greedy, greedy. I yeah. want all of it for myself, yeah. but that I am going to put myself in the equation too. Yeah. I get that. I was in a situation where, you know, somebody said to me, they're like, oh, you don't like my wife. You don't like my wife. And I was like, nope, that's not true. I actually love your wife. I love your wife very much. And part of me loving her is not being around her. (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much that I'm going to step away before I punch her in the face. (laughs) Lois would never do that. But I could. Uh, But (laughs) the. Well, there's respect there. You don't want to mistreat her. No, yes. I, I don't want to mistreat her, but I would even go so far to say that love is an action. And in certain circumstances where you don't feel the connection and the conversation flowing and like the, I, I don't feel whatever she is bringing. It does not, it's not landing well. So it's probably better for me to every time I see her have an open mind to prepare to be kind, to listen and all of those things take quite a lot of energy when you're used to somebody not connecting with you. So in that way, I'd say I actively love this person because I'm giving them that energy. Mm-hmm. Now, do I particularly want to call them up and go, hey, girl, what's up? No, no, I don't. And in that way, I feel like maybe that's a little selfish or protective in a way where I'm, I need to have my boundaries and me being in a good place and me feeling centered is good for everybody. Right. Exactly. Right. And it's like, you can be selective. Like, listen, I'm in a profession that's focused on individual differences. And so, you know, I know a lot of people say, don't be judgy. Don't have, don't use, like, I think there's a difference between using judging judgment and being judgy, let's Mm -hmm. say. So as an individual, we can all use our own judgment to decide who we do and don't want to spend time with. Yeah. Even if we're not judging that person in any kind of way, we are deciding what we like and what we don't like. And I think that it's okay. It's okay for us to have our own individualism. And that means that you're not going to mix with everybody. Yeah. Right. And you can, you can be not cruel, right? It's like, you know, being judgy would be like, Oh my God, why'd you wear that sweater you know? yeah. versus like the way that you interact with people isn't comfortable to me. So I'm not going to spend time with you. Yeah. Which we all have a right to, you know, and I, 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 I'm in support of that. I think it's useful to know what you like, what you don't like, what you want, what you don't want, and to avoid the things that don't work for you and move to, toward the things that do. No, not everybody has the freedom to do that. So we're put in families or situations where you can't just cut and run and you have to learn how to tolerate oh, and sure. know how to navigate a situation. And sometimes it's harder to embody that love inside and just reflect it because people push our buttons or people, you know, yeah, bring out their, I mean, it, you know, and, and the said relationship where it was low key mean on Valentine's Day, I felt like that relationship brought the worst out of me. And I was my own, the way that I was responding was like anti 
to who I think that and thought I was, but how I was showing it was I was just showing the worst parts. So that person had a version of me that was those worst parts. Right. I mean, that's where, I mean, that's a whole other thing, right? In the realm of, there's a a guy, oh my gosh, Paul Wachtel, who has a theory about co-conspirators and how, you know, we all kind of come with a script of how Mm -hmm. we expect to be treated in relationships based on our history. And we will position ourselves in relation to other people in order to have them play the corresponding role. So if I expect that women are kind of controlling and condescending, I might act toward you in such a way, unconsciously, not with any conscious intention, but totally unconsciously, I position myself in such a way that elicits that reaction from you. And then I'm like, see, that's how the world treats me. I feel like I fell for that big time. Well, we all do. Yeah, We all do. I mean, we all do it and we all fall for it. And it's... I mean, when it's when it's abusive and toxic, then you have to step away and hope that the other person eventually gets aware of their pattern. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to stay for that. Yeah. And you don't have to try to teach them that. Right. There are people with jobs like mine who can teach them that. Right. But you don't have to you don't have to do that. But I do think that we all sort of have that to some degree, some, you know, hopefully it's a healthier version. But even within that set, like even within that. And being in situations or families or relationships where those parts of you are being drawn out. And if it's a little bit harder to feel the love, I also could see why somebody would be like, oh my goodness, I just want one day for you to be nice to me. I know. And I, I really feel, I really feel for that a lot. Because it makes me it makes me feel sad, and then I feel like i'm I'm thinking of one particular friend of mine. she's so like I feel like everything she does is just so sweet that I could see her like i don't know i I can see how there might be ways where have your own version of it have have your own version of it and make it what you want to make it yeah. and that to me is that's also very that's really nice and beautiful. do you? Yeah, I just am thinking of, you know, that Japanese breakfast song, Be Sweet. Be sweet to me, baby. I wanna believe do, do, do. Yeah, that song is great. Right, right. And I was, it's sort of like that. Like, what is so hard about that? Yeah. Right. And that doesn't have to, because when you say, you know, that you know these people who are like, could you just be romantic one day? Could we just yeah. for one day have you be sweet? I just think, why do you want to be in a relationship like that? I know. Or how about just surround yourself with people that bring out the best in you and like want to bring out the best in you? Exactly. Like, I feel like, Stephanie, there's parts of our friendship that I I feel valued and I feel like you care about me and you listen to what I might say. And I feel like special around you. Oh, and it makes me feel like it brings out the best parts of me, too, even though I'm sometimes like, a, you know, we all have our bloopers or I, you know, stare at a wall and like maniac for a little bit or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I wash the clothes. I watch the clothes in the dryer and the washer just like going around like a weirdo. <laughs> we all do it. It's OK. Yeah. But I, I feel like you bring out a side of me that I I. I like the version of myself when I'm around you. Oh, that's great. And 
I, I want to have all my relationships feel like that. Yeah. But I also want people to feel that way around me. I want people to feel like, oh, when I'm around Lois, I feel I feel good. I like this version of myself. I feel good. They feel good. Like to me, in that way, it's kind of a no-brainer choosing your community. Right. And yes, it might be hard to say goodbye to things or it might be hard to move on. But if you're in a place where you're surrounded by people who are disrespecting you, particularly a romantic relationship where somebody is being disrespectful and not listening and not bringing out the best parts of you and actively bringing out the worst parts of you, yo, be on one of those uh, high, uh, high breakup rates after Valentine's Day. Yeah. Just go for it. You're not alone. Whew, you're not alone. Yeah, I know. You know, what gets so tricky in those kind of relationships, and I know that's not, this is very kind of non-Valentine's Day to think about when relationships go wrong or like, you know, what can go sour. When you're in one of those relationships with someone who's not treating you well, it can get very confusing, especially when projections start flying around, right? Like I've seen people in my work get really, really caught in relationships that they know aren't good for themselves. They know it's not good. And yet they feel like, well, if I leave, then I will crush the other person or they've threatened suicide if I leave or, you know, made some kind of dramatic gesture. And when you're in it long enough, it sort of is like start to adopt almost like a cult mind where you can believe the projections that are said about you. You can really lose yourself and it can get a lot harder to disentangle. Yeah. Right. And in that case, that's where I go back to what's good for you will be good for the other person. Yeah. Like it might be that there's an addiction involved and if they lose you and they hit rock bottom, then they'll address it. Yeah. Right. It could be that there's whatever, a personality disorder involved. And it might be that if they lose you, then maybe they will go to the hospital, but that's where doctors will help them get better. Right. That they're, you know, if someone were to actually have the mental collapse, they say they're going to have. I've just heard all kinds of stories like that. And sometimes, you know, I do see how it can be hard. Do you feel like it's a rule like that, though? Like it's a rule? Like if it's good for you, it'll be good for somebody else? I I like to think of that because at least in the long run, I mean, whether it's true or not, sometimes Mm -hmm. it can help people get out of a bad situation that they can't get out of any other way. Yeah. Right. To believe it, because if you believe if I leave, it will crush this person. You may never leave. Yeah. But if you can believe that you you being a little selfish, if we want to call it that and doing what feels right to you and looking out for yourself ultimately brings more good into the world than you staying. And now we've got two people suffering instead of one. Yeah. I mean, I just think of it like a lot of people do what they think is best for themselves without thinking about what's best for the whole or what's best in the long run. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I, I think it can go either way. Like there are certainly lots of people like that. But then a lot of those people have somebody on the receiving end or something who's not thinking enough about themselves and is only thinking about the context or only thinking about the other person to their own detriment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's almost like, you know, it's where you could have like a sadomasochistic type relationship where one person is hurting the other person and the other person is allowing it. Right. right? And it's like there's both sides exist. Right. And neither, neither is healthy. Yeah, totally. I could see that. But to, to your point though, too, like when my last big breakup, it was like, cause I, I at times have felt very strong feelings of abandonment and 
when we broke up, it was like gone, nothing, nothing, gone, gone. And that's what was healthy for him. He had to cut, cut, cut with the kids, with me, with everything, just gone. And at first I felt like that was the last thing that I needed because I was already dealing with feelings of abandonment. But in the long run, it actually helped me heal because abandonment might happen, but I'm still okay. And I have a chance to actually build something without his presence. Right. It's, I mean, it's certainly a lot easier. I mean, I think breakups can be harder these days because of social media, right? It's like you break up, but you're still Facebook friends with someone. So you can still see what that person's doing. And then it brings you back into their head. Right. So you're not really able to heal and be in your own space because you're like, oh, I see that Joe is out with another girl. I wonder if they're having a good time. And then you're imagining the world from someone else's perspective instead of being out having your own good time. Yeah. Or whatever. So I don't know. I think that there is something in that that is there's a gift in the clean break as much as it's also painful. Yeah. I also feel like, you know, in these cases, like it's okay to trust that people can survive even when things are hard, like we can survive it. Yeah. And so there's something about if you're overly looking out for someone who acts like they won't be able to handle it, if you had to leave, trust that they'll be okay. Like most of the time. So this is (laughs) turning into, do you hate Valentine's day too? Let's give us, give you some tips about how to break up with. (laughs) I know. Oh, how to leave? It's gonna be okay. If if he's one of the guys who thinks that you owe him because you're a vending machine and he should put some kindness in and some cut him out, some booty can come out. Like, (laughs) then maybe you don't want to be in that, and you don't have to be. Or, or if your expectations for romance are so high on like one particular day, reevaluate what that means. Like, really, to put so much stock in something. Like, let it be light as light as it actually is. It can be light and silly like the Valentine man or lady or whatever. Right. right. You can have fun on Valentine's Day okay. if you want to have fun on Valentine's Day. But you should be getting love all the time. All, all of us. All the time. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't just be like, oh, one day, could you be romantic, please? I mean, if that's the case, you know, maybe you need to start having some more conversations about like how to bring some spice back into your life. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard Esther Perel Like she wrote this book that made her really famous, Mating in Captivity, which I think Mm -hmm. is maybe the best book for couples ever. I like that book. Yeah, it's such a good book. And it's like she talks about ways to bring the erotic back and how to use fantasy, right? And, you know, the the importance of occasionally objectifying your partner, Mm -hmm. right? It's like some someone looks more attractive to you across a crowded room sometimes. So maybe it's good to go out on a date where you each dress up and then, you know, you're engaged with other people, but you can look at each other and remember what it is you liked. Right. Right. Or see them interacting and you can kind of like feel the chemistry rebuild in that sort of way. Like there are many ways to do that. So if someone's saying to you, could you please just be romantic just this one day? Like, come on, step it up. It needs to be more regular because this is our life, you know? And there's also like, I have to say, there is part of this type of like, there's toxic femininity in here too, of like their pressure that is put 
on men to behave a certain way on certain days. I think it's not, it's not right. Oh yeah. Like it fuels into it. Like, well, he better do me then. And he better, and he better, he better, he better. It's like, okay. All right. No, I don't like that either. It's like, ugh. Right. It's like, he's got to show me. It's like, so it's so transactional. Right. And so, and also if, if, he better do this, this, and this. Are you valuing all that? Is that is that the equivalent of all that you bring? Is the things that he better do? Well, then you are kind of a vending machine. Exactly. Right. And that's not cool. Like, no, that doesn't need to be happening on either side of the equation. Also important in heteronormative relationships for a man to understand how much work it takes just to be a woman in general as well. A little bit more than it does to take a man to be a man. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy and it's sort of, it. it's all true. And, you know, this is where we get back to like the benefits of having more equal relationships in general and being able to talk. Correct. In a couple. Yes. Right. So, you know, it's okay to have like relationship check-ins where you can ask each other if they're getting their needs met. Like, are you doing a good enough job? Are you... Like, are they feeling happy, you know, or if there's something going wrong, what is it? Like, what's going wrong for them? Or what would they like to have be better? You don't have to have any ego involved in a conversation like that to just be open to hearing what your partner, who presumably you love, has to say about what it's like to be with you. Right. You'll learn something about them and what they need. You might learn something about yourself. And then nobody is using anybody, right? Then it doesn't feel transactional. It feels like a much richer relationship. Instead of if he doesn't get me a diamond this year on Valentine's Day, that's it. That's it. That's it. I'm out. Because that is kind of like, why are you there? You know, and then it's not going to feel good to get you the diamond if that's all it's about. Yeah. Like, bleh. And again, as much as I can't stand that, I could see why somebody would do that to themselves. Because they're just so fed up. Here's your one chance, buddy. Like, I, I can see why somebody would say it. I don't think it's right, though. I right. Think it's gr- I, I do think it's disgusting. Yes, but... Well, maybe disgusting's harsh. Well, I but don't like, know. I, what I, do you mean? Well, I guess I'm with you, and I feel... My, my sense is that we don't, we don't get to make people want what we want them to want. Yeah. yeah. I want you to want to marry me. Well, you know, you don't get to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like what someone wants and doesn't want is personal to them. And if they don't want what you want and your wants don't line up, then it's not going to work. And well, we I, move on and find somebody else who wants what you want when you want it. I think that that is a really, really important thing. And just to be real, maybe that person doesn't want you. That's what I mean. It's yeah. sort of that, you know, idea. Maybe he's just not that into you. <laughs> yeah. Versus maybe he's scared or maybe he needs more time or, you know, maybe he wasn't raised in a family that did that or he didn't have models for these kinds of things. But that all can be known through conversation. Yeah. Like you don't have to throw your relationship away if you didn't get a gift you wanted for a particular day of romance. You can try to understand what that's about or you could communicate that it would be meaningful to you and why. Yeah. So I just would like our relationships to be mature. Yeah. And not impulsive and not childlike, but mature and and thoughtful. And respectful enough that you could actually have a conversation even about the conversation. Exactly. Exactly. We're pretty good at the meta conversations, I think. I think so too. (laughs) As we ramble on about Valentine's Day. (laughs) Well, there we go. 
Thanks for talking with me, Stephanie. Yeah, thanks for talking, Lois. This was like, this was a fun show. And now I guess we have two days left <laughs> before the big day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I know that Lois is really going to be counting the hours. All right. Well, bye, Germantown. And uh, until then, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. All right. See you later, Germantown. <laughs> Feel free to catch any replays at www.theeverydayfeminist.com. Share the love. Share the episodes. We'll miss you till next week. Mwah, mwah. Bye, Germantown. Tell the men I'm